You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All throughout Women's History Month, Cox Media Group and Easy 93.1 are honoring women in our community in South Florida who are making an impact now as presidents and CEOs and executive directors of nonprofits that are making incredible changes for the better in the lives of members of our community. We know the Miami Foundation has been enormous in providing resources to other nonprofits. Give Miami Day is something people look forward to every year, and I could not be more honored to welcome one of our honorees, Rebecca Fishman-Lipsy, the president and CEO of the Miami Foundation. Thank you so much for being with us today. It is such a pleasure to be here. Happy Women's History Month. Amen to that. Women power. It almost sounds old-fashioned now. I'm so used to the breaking the glass ceiling, and yet I'm talking to so many women this month who just are naturally leaders, although I know there's still a lot of work to do to gain equality. And I think our audience would really benefit from learning a little bit about you and your journey. And even before you started as president, CEO of the Miami Foundation, Foundation, you had been recognized with so many awards for your work, including the Miami Herald's 20 Under 40. Do you have any idea what is it about you and the way you work that has earned you so many accolades? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, I would say, you know, if I had a mantra that was guiding my leadership, it is that you will never regret being brave. And I have tried, I don't know how many years I will get on this planet. I am trying to live my life and be a leader who is willing to be brave, to put my neck out, to stand for what I believe in, to put myself forward in moments where a leader is needed. And I think that that is what people are responding to when they are recognizing me, and I hope that it will serve our community well. Where did you come up with this feeling of being brave? Did someone teach that to you? You know something? So I, I grab mentors in all parts of my life. Um, I have people who are older than me, people who are younger than me, people who I've worked for and people who work for me. And that mantra is a mantra of a previous assistant, an executive assistant of mine in a role. I would start my day and she would say, Rebecca, I want you to remember that nobody ever regretted being brave. And it stuck with me as such an important guide. I've taken it with me through many jobs and places and spaces because it's true and it, it unleashes the best in me. And so that's what I seek to bring. It's beautiful. And you really brought that when you took over leadership of the Miami Foundation at the height of the pandemic. What challenges did you expect to face? You knew that there would be some. And how were you able to overcome them? Mm. You know, it was a very interesting moment to step into leadership. It was June 1st of 2020. It was right at the height of the pandemic. It was the first day of hurricane season here in Miami. It was <laughs> a week 
I know. A week after George Floyd's murder, it was a time where there was so much heat and energy and fear and rage. And they handed me the keys and said, go and lead this incredibly important institution for our community. And I had to just look within my heart and say, like, what am I hearing from the community right now? How do I wield the power of this institution to do as much good as possible? And, you know, I, I think it was Winston Churchill who said, never waste a crisis. And oh, I wow. just tried to carry that with me. Do not waste a crisis. This is a moment of generosity. This is a moment of compassion. How do I use this moment to do good? And when you talk about listening to the community, how do you do that? Are you listening to editorials, the newspapers, focus groups? Where are you getting that sense of what mm. the community needs? That's exactly the right question. So I will say this month, my team at the foundation conducted 200 listening sessions with nonprofit leaders. Many of those were individual meetings. We also had uh, many roundtable conversations with leaders who were addressing specific issues. And we asked them at those meetings, tell us about the voices of your residents, your constituents that you're serving, and what we need to know as a foundation. And I think like that's really the power at the Miami Foundation. That, like That's the advantage that we have for our community is listening to hundreds of change makers and also to hundreds of philanthropists and community influencers about what they see, what they care about, and then bringing them together to solve problems. So where do you start with your problem solving? <laughs> What's the first step when you have gathered all this information? Do you have a group of people? Do you look it over first yourself as the head of the organization? I mean, really, it's about spotting trends. So listening to 200 voices and then spotting the things that are common amongst the voices from people and trusting my team to be great listeners and distillers of information and then sharing that back out with the community to see what that makes people want to do. And so, for example, you know, in 2020, in the height of the pandemic, what we heard was that Internet access had become the epicenter of, of equity for our community. If you did not have internet in your home, you couldn't attend school, you couldn't get access to many job opportunities, you couldn't sign up for, you know, whether it was a COVID test or a vaccine or attend funerals at times, you know, th this was the access point. And so hearing that from so many organizations, it led us to want to do something to bring together philanthropists, to bring together nonprofits and to say, we're going to solve this, we're going to bring internet to everybody in our community. So really, it's, it's a, not just about listening, but it's about distilling the trends and then being willing to step forward and do something. Well, doing something, when you look at Give Miami Day, 33 million, I believe, was the last time mm -hmm. I looked. And it keeps going up. Even still, people are making donations, even though that was in November. And everyone gets to choose what organization they're going to donate to. Now, how do you vet the organizations that you include under the umbrella of Miami Foundation? So that, that's a great question. And I'll tell you, anyone who's listening in, Give Miami Day is coming up uh, in, on November 18th. It's always the Thursday before Thanksgiving. And this is the most important day of giving in all of Greater Miami. It's when virtually every nonprofit organization is simultaneously fundraising. And we at the Miami Foundation, we create this platform for free. We spread the word. We make sure everybody knows and is using this day to be generous and to give and to learn about new organizations. And in the months leading up to Give Miami Day, we are building out profiles for every single organization where they can share photos and videos and information about their board and their impact and their finances. We review all of that information. We vet their status with the IRS. We make sure that they're in good standing. And then we categorize so that you as a resident in Miami, you can go and say, you know, I care about children and education. Let me sort and see all the organizations doing work, read about their profiles and give to organizations that speak to my values. And the way you categorized was perfect. 
You know, you could so easily go in and find the cause that you care about. So did you always feel a calling for community service? Mm, It's in my bones. It's in my blood. You know, I... I'm the grandchild of refugees who came to this country with nothing but the clothing on their backs. And we survived by the generosity of complete strangers. And I remember my grandmother telling me, you know, having that experience of losing and having to rebuild in that way, the only thing that you can carry with you is what's in your mind and kind of the values in your heart. And that education is the doorway to opportunity. You can never take it away from somebody. It is theirs forever. And so that led me down a road of wanting to be a teacher. I started my career as a teacher and then as a supporter of teachers uh, and then in public policy as a school board member. And yes, I think like that that lens into my life has spun me down this road of service. And I don't think, I I think that's where I'll stay forever. And some of the things that you just mentioned in there, that lessons that you learned from your grandparents moving from another country. First of all, it reminds me of what's happening now with what's going on in Ukraine. Um, Mm -hmm. but, But also when you talk about starting over and knowing that what you carry with you is what's in your heart, what's in your head, and the education aspect is so critical. So those are just takeaways that I will remember and treasure. And I thank you for that. Mm. I got to ask how many people, when you're talking about all of this vetting and updating and websites and, you know, making sure everyone has their information correct, how many people do you have handling just that aspect of things? Mm. So, I mean, the entire organization here at the Miami Foundation, it's 30 staff members in total. We have one person who's responsible for Give Miami Day, and they have help from a couple members of the team for parts of the year, but it's really, it's driven by one human and some volunteers. This whole organization, I mean, this is, we are building the philanthropic backbone for the future of our community. We have nearly half a billion dollars in assets that we are growing and investing in our community each day uh, through grant cycles and scholarship programs and other kind of collective impact initiatives. And so this is a huge operation. And I can't believe what just 30 people can pull off. And especially that one who, when we finish this, I need that person's name. I need tutoring. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, with so much responsibility, how do you balance being the head of this nonprofit that has way fewer people working for you than I thought you would, but has a Mm. tremendous responsibility to the community? So where do you find time for you? Uh, Well, I have to say on a personal level that I love what I do. And so I am fired up. I wake up each day. This is where I want to be. And so I feel tremendous balance because there's alignment between who I am and, and what I do all day. But I have kids and I have a husband and I have friends and I have hobbies and I need to nourish all of that and be a whole person in order to thrive in my job. And so, you know, my team knows that there's certain hours of the day that are sacred to me where I'm with my kids. And then I come back online and I go to events, but I, I make sure to honor my whole self. And I, I want for my team and all of our partners to honor their whole selves too, because I can't be in the fight for our community if I'm fatigued. So I have to start with myself. And when you talk about the alignment of your personal goals with what you're doing in your career, that also sounds like such an important thing. You know, I I hear people who hate what they're doing with their work. Mm. And I so feel for them when they have to spend 40 hours a week doing something they hate. And if you can find that thing that you love to do, they say you'll never work a day in your life because you're doing what you love. So I'm going to take it upon myself to steal that and make that the advice to give to young women (laughs) just starting out on their careers. You know, do what you love. Find a way to work it into your life. 
I want to thank you, Rebecca Fishman Lipsy, President, CEO of the Miami Foundation. We are so grateful for what you do, and it's such a delight to salute you as one of our top 20 during Women's History Month. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you. An honor to be here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.